Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank good, you. Good, And uh, looking around for important things to talk about. You know, the weekend has passed. Uh, last time you and I sat here was Thursday. Yeah. Of course, I was with Chris on Friday, and we talked about the Federal Reserve. But Friday passed, Saturday passed, Sunday passed. You, you'd think maybe... Trudeau would be ancient history <laughs> and, nice. or doesn't qualify, but we've decided that a little update can't hurt anything to show how ridiculous people can get. So Trudeau is still at yeah, it. He's, he's still, still at it and he's still adding terrible. And the, and the mayor, the mayor now is involved too. Yeah. And, there's, and they're, they're saying there's an insurrection going <laughs> on there. So it is dear, dear, uh, very, very serious now. But I don't think they have any guns either. They don't even have any guns in Canada. So it's not an armed insurrection. It's just it's just an insurrection created in the minds of the people who hate liberty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you call it that. So as long as you can call it something like that and you get their attention, uh, then it'll be reported that way. And I'm, I'm surprised that, that people are so bold. You know, once, once it's proven how bad it is and once there's pretty good evidence that the a lot of people in Canada are with these truckers. You think that these people who proposed these lockdowns would be a little more humble? Yeah, they are not humble. They they are not humble in any way. And what they do is they just bear down harder than ever. And and then the, because they themselves have to win they convince themselves they believe that way and the enemy is liberty so yeah. it, this, this liberty breaking out all over you know if it had been a hundred people or so they would say see we're, we're right but now now they're worried they had more than a hundred more than a thousand more than ten thousand yeah. probably more than a hundred thousand yeah. I, I heard some very big numbers and uh and that's uh you know in canada that we uh you know poked a little bit of criticism at early on, but I think they're making up for it right now. I think they're leading the charge and setting the example. And uh, at, at the same time, you read about how Trudeau's, uh, you know, really bearing down on the people. You hear more reports of the countries that are giving up on it, say things are okay, things are better. We're going to start reducing these uh, these lockdowns and these regulations and controls and <laughs> the CDC. Oh, they're they're really softening up. Instead of uh, what is it? Instead of every two months, yeah. you can go every three months before you get your booster. Yeah. We we won't uh, pester you that much, because. Uh, I think everybody, uh, the most I can say, if anybody, uh, well, I think our audience are very questionable on this, but if anybody wants to just take the mildest advice with a little criticism, think about it. Take your time before you lock yourself into getting shots and booster shots yeah. and all, because I think the evidence is building and it's it's growing and intensifying especially on the young kids yeah. uh, how, how many diseases well i read a statistic this weekend daniel that caught my attention uh and, and it had to do with uh, the number of miscarriages mm. where women were getting these shots in the first trimester and they were missing but it wasn't like a small percentage it was huge it was so big that i said now can't be that bad no. but uh it's, it's enough to say be cautious and the doctors 
need to be cautious, more cautious because too many patients. So, so, well, if you say it's okay for me to get all these shots when I'm pregnant, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. And uh, that's risky business. Yeah, in fact, we should, uh, the, the military database issue is something we should revisit later this week because there's a lot of very funny business going on. But on the Canada update, you know, we've been watching, it's been 10 days that they've essentially, you know, laid siege in a way. They brought their trucks, they, peaceful protests, they brought their trucks, they parked them in front of Parliament, they parked them on the border of Canada and the U.S., and it's in protest of this, this rule or whatever you want to call it, that the truckers if they have, have got to have a vaccine. And so they're basically, it started out as uh, against this, and now it's against the mandates in general. We don't want any more COVID mandates. And in fact, they're, they're having a huge effect. Let's put up that first uh, video clip, just uh, I think about 25 seconds of this. This shows you the state of play uh, over, I think, on the border now, of what it's like. They've been able to shut the country down. Uh, and that's what a protest is about. It's a peaceful protest. Uh, it's about making things difficult. Let's look at the, uh, yeah, let's... Raise that up a little. And this is massive, Dr. Paul. Look at this. It's wow. massive. They're shutting, they, they, they shut, basically shut everything down. The government at first, a few days ago, was threatening to call in the military to take care of these guys. But in the end, as I read on Twitter, they, sended, they sent some tow trucks to start towing them away. Well, the tow trucks joined the protest. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't work out very well for them. But... Um, Let's go ahead and just go to that first clip because here's kind of an update. It happened yesterday. The mayor of Ottawa, as you, as you mentioned, Dr. Paul, he's having a panic attack. He declares a state of emergency, which in effect really doesn't mean much. Uh, and here's a member of their city council. Uh, she's saying that uh, we're on our eighth day of occupation. Our city is under siege. <laughs> what we're seeing is bigger than just a city. A city of Ottawa problem. This is a nationwide insurrection. This is madness. Um, so they're panicking. And here's what the mayor said. Let's do the next one, then I'll throw it back to you, Dr. Paul. In announcing a state of emergency, this is pretty humorous. The situation at this point, this is Mayor Watson, the situation at this point is completely out of control because the individuals in the protest are calling the shots. They have far more people than we have police officers. And I've indicated to the chief that we have to be much more nimble and proactive when it comes to the activities. That's such a great quote, Dr. Paul, because it shows that when the people are united for liberty and for freedom, they have the power. Well, two things. When they get desperate, we uh, who resist are all terrorists. Yeah. You know, now they're using that word. So, so they're getting desperate. Instead of saying that, you know, they're getting more monstrous, which they are, they're getting more desperate. Yeah. And it's, they're coming from a sign of weakness, not, a, not an intellectual position that is correct. The other thing is uh, that the picture you showed of the, all the trucks yeah. and everything. You know, what I was thinking about there, you know, all those trucks there. And, and there's really no violence going on. And I, I kept thinking, oh, Martin Luther King yeah. might even be proud of this. Uh, you, yes, resist it. They've, they've probably have broken some laws. They've interfered with traffic. Yeah. But it's peaceful, uh, you know, not, uh, resistance. And uh, that, of course, can get the attention. Those numbers, and we've argued that case, that numbers mean a lot. Even though leadership is important, you still have to get a consensus of people, you know, supporting certain governments. And uh, it goes back to the old saying, people uh, claim, and I tend to believe it, that no government exists without the support of the people. Yeah. Even, even a Soviet system, it may be 
a little bit slow in coming, but the Soviet system couldn't exist without the support of the people. So, uh, and this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the support of the people hopefully moving in the direction we believe they're moving in, yeah. and what they are looking for is, uh, is their freedom back. And the people have come out, they've actually built some makeshift kitchens, they're cooking food for these people, uh, they're, they're trying to take care of them. Of course, it's not universally supported, but as you say, this is what a peaceful protest looks like. But here's what angers the mayor more than anything, Dr. Paul. Put up this next clip. This is what he can't stand more than anything. They may, the mayor also commented on the bouncy castles <laughs> and saunas that are being set up. He's mad. The kids are playing. It's distur Here's a quote from the mayor. It's disturbing when you see the protest turning into what looks like some kind of fun carnival where they've got bouncy castles and hot tubs and saunas. A complete insult to the people who are putting up with this nonsense. So his problem is that they're having fun. They've got their kids out there. They're doing bouncy uh, castles. But that's not what we were told from Trudeau, who's still in hiding. I'm going to just remind our viewers of Trudeau's quote. Let's do this, uh, the next one really quick, and I'll send the bouncy castle issue back to you, Dr. Paul. Put that next one up if you can. Here's what Trudeau said about them. We're not going to be intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse <laughs> at small business workers. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. Um, we believe in freedom of expression, but Nazi symbolism, racist industry, uh, imagery, and desecration of war. So basically, they're a bunch of Nazis and racists. But the reality is they're building bouncy castles for their kids and they're playing hockey in the streets. Down with the fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, in, in a way, I get a little bit of satisfaction from this because uh, if, if you know, I tend to want to be as optimistic as possible. And uh, when I campaign around the country for a couple of years and I talk to a lot of young people, I told them that bad things were coming, uh, you know, financially and morally and there would be breakdown of law and order and all these kind of things. But uh, I usually, after an hour speech, I, I would give about 10 minutes, 15 minutes on uh, when you get together and when you're fighting for the cause of liberty, have some fun doing it. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So in the meantime, enjoy yourself and coming together. I was like, holy man, I didn't know anybody up in Canada was, was listening. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But I think that's a natural thing. Yeah. And when you get together with like-minded people, except if you happen to be, believe in authoritarianism, they never have fun. Yeah. You know, and I've pointed out so many times that the couple of stations that are strongly identified as progressive TV station, I've never seen the uh, people on TV look so, so sad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and these people don't look sad. You think, how, how are they? It's sort of like somehow or another they'll be taken care of. They were not fully prepared to be out there two days, 10 days or so. There's so much you can carry in your truck. Yeah. How much fuel can you carry? And all of a sudden, thousands of people bringing them food. And then it turned into a party. And boy, that, that's, the, that's the worst thing you do. You know, making fun of people and pointing out, you know, their inconsistencies um, is one thing. But just literally having fun, turning it around, does what they did there. It's a sign of defeat for them. Yeah. And 
uh, of course, I do really believe this is serious business. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're reading, if you're waiting for the ultimate end of this, because nobody knows whether tomorrow things will continue to improve or tomorrow there will be a calamity and, and these people are all locked up and put in a concentration camp. And this COVID stuff, they were approaching and still do approach practically something that not, not the horrible definition of a concentration camp, but it, it's under uh, house arrest. Yeah. It, it just think of what, what those individuals who demonstrated at the Capitol, was, was there due process of law there? Yeah. They've been locked up for a year. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's where the real tragedy, uh, the, we have to continue our fight to, you know, expose this very dangerous concept of liberty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we can enjoy and laugh that they're building bouncy houses, but we do know that the state is very vicious, very violent, and does not, it's a jealous God, right? It does not like to be defied. And so this next clip is actually the more chilling side of what's happening. This is from the Ottawa police. They put out this tweet uh, yesterday. Important, anyone attempting to bring material support, gas, etc., to the demonstrators, could be subject to arrest. Enforcement is underway. We've seen some clips of them trying to arrest people for bringing gasoline and propane to the people who are protesting in the trucks. And this gets to an area, Dr. Paul, where I think it's very, very serious because we know Canada is a pretty cold place. Uh, Sub-zero temperature, people bringing them gas and propane literally are keeping them alive. What looks like to me is that the government is literally trying to freeze these people to death because of their peaceful protest against a policy that they do not like, do not agree with, and would like to see overturned. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, it's an important issue. You know, in spite of the improvements that are going on, and you see a lot of countries are even a little bit ahead of the mayors and the local officials, but the EU wants to uh, keep the passports. They're not allowing the uh, to to disappear, so you still have to go along with the passport. But uh, Thomas Thomas Massey, you know, uh, had a nice little a nice little quote, and uh, it, it's enough to give give a group a, a, a chuckle. And uh, you know, Thomas Thomas made a decision. He says, you know, there are so many people come to the office with all kinds of excuses. Why you have to see me and do this and all, and. Uh, and it, no matter who they are, they get they get credibility. But I think he said that uh, if you march in there and you believe in uh, locking down and incarcerating people for expressing their own beliefs and taking away First Amendment right, he says I, he doesn't think they qualify to come in and take up his time. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll hear a little bit of noise from that. But I tell you what, there's going to be a lot of people say, go, 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 Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, and let's in fact skipped over to that last clip. Skip over the next one to the last one, and we can see this is a tweet that uh, uh, Representative Massey put out uh, on the fourth. Notice, I will not take a meeting with any executive or manager of any company that is subjecting its employees to a COVID vaccine mandate or discriminating against employees or customers based on COVID COVID vaccination status. And if you think about that, that really is a stand. And it's not one without political risk, because we could be talking about some constituents who may be angry now that he won't meet them. So uh, it's 
It's certainly a bold move on his part. Right, and uh, he, he's bold, but he has uh, his feet on the ground. He yeah. knows what freedom is all about. And, you know, the other thing that he has going for him, but they would never put this much in the media. He's a scientist. Yeah. He, he, he is actually understands science. Maybe not the medical sciences. He didn't get his degree in that. But he's a smart person. He's considered one of the smartest people in Congress. And he is a scientist. And he can look at this, uh, this material that you have to look at very critically. Yeah, he can. And I wanted to do one final thing about the Canada, if you don't mind, Dr. Paul, just to back up a little bit, because I think this is important. And just go back one, because this is Elon Musk. We don't usually put up tweets by him, but he's a very interesting and very colorful person. This is the GoFundMe issue. You know, the truckers raised about $10 million on GoFundMe, uh, and GoFundMe decided on its own, after conversing with the authorities uh, in Canada, to basically take the money. They said, we're not going to disperse this money uh, where it was de designated to go. And in fact, if we don't get your request for refund within a certain period of time, we're going to give it to our own charities that we like better. Uh, and we know in the past they've supported Black Lives Matter, um, they've supported Planned Parenthood, etc. So basically, all the money that went to support the truckers is going to be seized and sent elsewhere. Well, there was a huge, huge cry f about that. And in fact, our own attorney general and several other attorneys general said, we're going to start investigating you for fraud if you do this, because it literally is fraud. And so they backed down and they said, well, we'll automatically process refunds within five to seven business days. Uh, and that's supposedly supposed to placate. But the issue, and we have a Jonathan Turley article up on the Ron Paul Institute website that deals with this, is the ideological um, motivation of an organization like GoFundMe, which will take that money, because remember, they took the money for Rittenhouse, and then they blocked the money for his legal defense, even though, as Turley points out, you're innocent until proven guilty. He was accused of a crime for which he was ultimately, uh, uh, you know, ultimately found not guilty, but they seized the money. So the point is that that $10 million now is sitting in limbo. It's not out there helping these people do something, and that's why I put the Musk uh, quote up again because on the left is the trains in California that's basically gone to, a, to be a lawless territory where people break into the trains and steal the Amazon package. He says, amateur thieves, and then next to it, it's a picture of GoFundMe, professional thieves. So it's, it's really, it shows the woke corporations are absolutely ideologically motivated. I think, Dr. Paul, we're starting to see the tide turn. We're starting to see them getting punished for this. Right, and that's what, what needs to be done. Unfortunately, they've gotten away with a whole lot. They have this cancer culture, there's punishment, there's a collusion between big business and big banking and the Federal Reserve, and they can punish corporations if the corporations don't become the patsies for the government to enforce this and, 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 and destroy people's uh, freedom of, of speech. And they've really come around to accepting and using, you're guilty until proven innocent, and then you don't have a trial. Yeah. You know, when I think about what's going on on the trial that Pelosi's running, that has to be one of the most serious abuse of, you know, the concept of liberty that uh, I, the, the, the thing that is absent, which is, a peer, which is uh, available in a regular court still to some degree, if you really, really mess up, there are judges who will declare a mistrial. Yeah. I mean, they're not all, you know, in, in, the, in the bag and say, no matter what, you, what the prosecutor said, no, there'll be mistrial. But what, how do you, this is what we need, is we need a declaration of this understanding, all this punishment stuff, and declare a mistrial. But, you know, it came about 
with carelessness and my political philosophy, power in the government, the monetary system, and it all, it all evolved that way. And I think what is happening right now, the reversal, is about the only thing available to us. It's information. Get people riled up, uh, roused up, because, uh, you know, it's such an, an abuse, and there's no vehicle. We're saying, mistrial, mistrial, you can't do that to yeah. us. Uh, the people have to speak out. And thank goodness the Canadians have engaged to a large number and a large degree to uh, making this point. Yeah. Well, I'm going to close out. I okay. think we, we're done. I just... Uh, my last word, it just literally happened before we sat down, and it's fascinating. I'm sure like everyone else, uh, all of our viewers, Dr. Paul and I, we're watching the Joe Rogan unfolding events, and it's very fascinating. Uh, the whole Spotify thing is fascinating, taking down some hundred episodes and all the apologies and this and that and the other, and the uh, CEO of Spotify is apologizing to his own employees. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that you have to work with this guy. Well, fascinating that that Pavlovsky, the, the CEO of Rumble, and we've, we've talked to Rumble before. We have our show on Rumble. We like Rumble. He offered Rogan the same amount that Spotify offered him, $100 million. Move your show over here. Four years, $100 million, and we won't censor anything. You put all your old shows back on, nothing will be censored. I think that is a great way to defeat this tyranny of censorship. Great people like this stepping up and saying, not only do we believe in free speech, we're not going to just jawbone it we're going to put our money where our mouth is i wish they'd offer us a couple million dollars ourselves but hats off to rumble for having the guts to stand up well i'm, I'm sort of glad that rogan is pretty much on our side <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want to have to confront him and uh, he's expressed that he is somewhat sympathetic to some libertarian views especially when they apply to him yeah um, you know lou had uh, article a great article yeah. yeah the canadian truckers battle against covid tyranny and um, lou writes an article and he talks mostly about uh, uh, uh the uh, the f prime minister you know uh, trudeau but um and he, he sort of summarizes this but uh, i wanted to read one one part of it because he's quoting trudeau and uh the words that were coming out of Trudeau, see, they always speak our language. They're, you know, it makes me ill <laughs> when I hear the Speaker of the House, how dedicated she is to the Constitution and to the defense of our liberties, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Boy, it makes me ill. But anyway, um, Trudeau's probably not much better. Than, they're probably friends, yeah. you know. Uh, so here, here Lou is quoting Trudeau. And, and Trudeau is saying, there is no place in our country for threats, violence, or hatred. We shouldn't be for that. But as soon as I didn't get that far, when I was reading the sentence, I thought, it should say, there is no place in our country for liberty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's what really is happening. To be able to draw the line, you know, and that's why the concept the, the, the concept of violence is important, you know. Don't commit violence. You know, the principle of Bastia. If, if you're not allowed to commit violence and steal and rob and kill people, uh, why is the government doing it? And the government's very much involved in a lot of corruption, uh, you know. But even some of the things that are so-called legal, very corrupt, and Bastia uh, are called this plunder, stealing from one group and giving to another. And uh, this is... This is why it's so important to, to sort this all out on, on the basic principles, I think, of violence. The, the nonviolent society, the voluntary society, making sure, just a simple rule, 
everything that you do with your fellow man, you know, is voluntary. You know, whether it's an economic or social or sexual, whatever, both sides have to agree. But no, the government gets in the middle and, and then there's a fight for the government regulation. Should we give it to this group or this group? And then all of a sudden you have this chaotic thing and you can destroy an economic system. And we're witnessing that now. We're witnessing it because it's unworkable. And we're witnessing the consequences not only of the moral bankruptcy, but the financial, uh, the financial bankruptcy that we're in the midst of right now. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.